Yeah, just one. Sorry, cool. guys. That's fine. Sorry. Doesn't matter. Drink what you like. Ah. Oh. That's one you had. That's not there. really beer. Yeah, it's it. It is not. <laughs> it's got pale ale on it. It'll do. <laughs> Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and beer. Mm? Depends on your stance on our conversation from the last episode, I suppose. Craft beer, beer, one of them. They'll both do at the moment, maybe, dependent on SIBA. Yeah, I think we need to stop using the term beer. I think it's it's just it's a little too enclosing and it doesn't encompass the spirit in which we enjoy our alcohol. It's, nice. it's the harsh R at the end. I think really what we B. do is B. Yeah, B. I'm a big fan <laughs> of B. To be or not? Nice. To be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> always to be. Yeah, always, always to be. be. <laughs> uh, I'm Ben. I'm here with Adol and Lucy. Hey guys. Hey. Hello. Oh, I like the swift intro now. We're going to do that from now on. Everyone knows who we are. Unless you're a new listener randomly tuning in for the first time. Yeah, um, who, who would do that except everyone at some point? At some point, people will. People will. Uh, this week, we've got beers, we've got games, uh, and we've got a little topic for you. Um, but something slightly controversial in the beer industry. I was going to introduce it as a t- discussion or a topic about gender. But I think that's maybe a little, a little too... Uh, <laughs> Broad, no, I, I what think, we're actually going to talk about. I think if it, it, it is about gender and marketing and this stupid view of, of, of things being only male or needing to somehow be female. And that yes. has re, has ripples in both gaming and beer. Definitely, definitely. We shall get into that in a moment. Uh, first, beer. Adel, what are you starting with, sir? I am starting with... Blacks of Kinzale, yellow sub-IPA, which Ooh. is a yellow sub-IPA, but it's a, is the name, but the class is a white IPA. Uh, mm. Blacks is from, from Cork. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, it's part of their Discovery IPA series, nice. which part is a bunch of kick-ass hops. beers that highlight specific hop varieties or hop blends along with a range of interesting styles of IPA. And nice. that hop is oddly not really said on the bottle that is being celebrated. Odd. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I'm, I'm starting with. Nice, nice. Uh, Lucy, you are you are having one beer this week. I am. What are you having? And it is also from the Beer 52 um, <laughs> box, uh, same box that Adiel got. Um, and this one is Pink Grapefruit, uh, which you had on the podcast a few weeks ago, Ben. Yep. Um, it's a collaboration beer between Fierce Beers and Beer 52, who are the people who, well, listeners all know, you know, the subscription box. Um, so yeah, they did their own brew. Um, I mean, for people who didn't listen to that episode or it's been a few weeks, might have forgotten. I'll just read the flavor text. 
Um, it says, what happens when you take an outstanding and heavily dry hopped pale ale and combine it with the fresh flavour of natural grapefruit? This beer, an easy drinking, light and refreshing beer with a zesty citrus kick. Nice. And uh, I've actually had it um, at uh, Evelyn's first birthday party, I believe, a few yes, weekends ago. Yes. Um, but we will, I, will, I will hold my applause for uh, your uh, your initial tastes there, Lucy. Um, ben, what do you got there? Um, I am going to be drinking, it's very difficult to pronounce, and I will definitely be getting this wrong. Um, because I'm a Beer 52 subscription box in front of you, I'm having one from the latest, which is uh, an Estonian brewery, which I believe is pronounced Pohaj. Uh, and the beer is, I don't know how I meant to say this, um, Hoog, H-O-O-A-E-G. I don't know how in Estonian letters combine to make sounds. So, yeah. But it's a dry hop to Saison. Mm. Uh, 5.5%. Five, 5. 5 um and they do put the slight favour text in um, in English on the back as well. A heavily dry hopped saison brewed with coriander seeds served between 6 and 10 degrees centigrade. So I thought I'd kick off with that. It's a, a, a beautiful day. So a saison seemed like the perfect choice. Now, they don't tell you to... what it was dry hopped with? They may in Estonian. Um, there is a lot of text very small text in Estonian. Oh no, there is some in, in English. It just says contains barley, wheat, oats, and spelt. Hmm. That is oh, it. Spelt. That's all it says. That's not a mm. standard um, grain. Um, no, I, I, it's not. I, I did uh, did miss uh, in the ingredients on mine. Uh, you mentioned coriander seeds. Mine also, besides the uh, water, malted barley, yeast, hops, and wheat, it also has coriander seeds and orange peel. Hmm. I can't remember that beer. I think it was the first one I'd had from that Beer 52 box. Oh, it is quite dry. Mm. Like, startlingly so. Startlingly. There we go. You're getting the the orange? You're getting the coriander? I definitely get the orange on the nose. Mm. I'm also getting some cat hair on the beard. I suspect that's (laughs) enough. um, I don't think that's that's blacks and Kinsale's from fault no i wouldn't think so um i do notice the coriander a little bit in um in the taste but honestly it's so dry and so short a taste that like normally i take a couple small sips and the beers we tend to have that's enough for getting really exploring the taste but i'm having to really go back quite a bit just to sort of pinpoint things because it's so quick Mm. Okay. Okay. We'll come back to you perhaps whilst you're whilst you're uh, tasting Lucy. Mm. How I'm happy tasting are Lucy? You? <laughs> <laughs> not today. <laughs> um, How's the um, air, air quotes beer? <laughs> I'm a bit disappointed to be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm more disappointed because. Um, beers they make really good and flavorful beers um i mean i'm sure they have a grapefruit beer in their you know normal lineup um i know that they've done like ginger beers and 
you know, all sorts of, all, all manners of fruit, and you really get a, the fruit across in those beers. But this one, I mean, I can taste the grapefruit, but it's a bit lackluster. It's a bit watery. It tastes a bit watered down, and mm. it's a bit light. I mean, the aroma's not too great. just smells like any beer that you'd get, any kind of ale that you'd get, like standard ale from the pub. It doesn't smell too great, but... um. Yeah, not a fan, unfortunately. Um, if you wanted like a grapefruit beer, go for Magic Rocks uh, High Wire grapefruit. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, I mean that's really nice. You really get the flavour of the grapefruit. It's really refreshing. It's hoppy. This it's not too hoppy. It's, it just feels a bit flat and watery. It's a shame, but well, I wish I didn't bring one beer to this pod. <laughs> <laughs> You've got time. If you'd like to run to the fridge and stick another one in, <laughs> we won't. Uh, we won't yeah. hold it against you. Uh, I recall having it um, on a very hot day, probably not as mm. cold as it could have been because I walked to the park. Um, mm. But it, it, uh, the, my first impression was was Alco Pop. I had so little yeah. beer taste to it. Yeah, it tastes very limey, like like shandy or something like that, but not even beer-like as shandy. Very disappointed, but... Yeah, I think it could have been... Mm. For that kind of beer, I think it could have been maybe a little bit more refreshing than it it was, but I don't think grapefruit is really uh, much of a refreshing kind of taste with that like slight sourness that you get uh, with grapefruit. It's not kind of the beer you you go to to kind of quench your thirst so yeah, yeah I, I think but, that but the high grapefruit beer is like one of my favorite um beers from like magic rock so mm. but yeah i get what you're saying but this one just falls a bit flat and i'm shocked yeah. because it's fierce beer and their beers are really flavorful and some of the nicest you know weirdest as well beers that you can get so mm. Mm. a bit disappointed but i'll drink it it's beer yeah, he's not going to stop you drinking it, is it? No, <laughs> um, so this, uh, the, the Pohage, I'm not going to say the name again because someone will get angry with me. Uh, the Dry Hop Saison, it's very nice. It's a really good Saison. Uh, it's very well balanced. That coriander comes through, but it's not overpowering. You know, it's that slight spiced taste of the, the, the you know, that you get from a Saison, but the coriander does push through a little more than everything else. But this is really refreshing. It's really fresh. It's one that you could have sort of six or seven in the fridge on a really hot day and just go through them so quickly. Yeah. Being 5.5%, that helps a little. Uh, but yeah, it's just, that's very good. It's very well made, very balanced, very good saison. Good. That's what you want Excellent. on a nice warm day. Mm, definitely, definitely. You've been working you out. Did you say it was a 5% saison? Yeah, 5.5. That is very odd. Yes. Um, the, the uh, I cannot remember the other Estonian brewer that came in the Beer 52 box that also included a saison, but I think that one's also about 5.5%. Hmm. Mm. So, you know, maybe if I have that one on the pod as well, we can uh, have a look and compare the two, see actually um, 
whether the ingredients are similar, whether that's something that, that, that keeps it at that percentage, whether it's an Estonian thing. I don't know. We, we, we yeah, they're usually it. around 6 7%, aren't they? Saison's? Yeah, they're usually 7%. Yes. That's mm. sort of the signature of a Saison. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Let's drink these and talk about some games. Uh, um, before we move on, oh. I'd Ooh. just like to say, uh, with the uh, Yellow Sub IPA, um, mm. the... Um, the cardamom and especially the uh, orange peel are, are probably part that in part the longest uh, part of the finish. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so the tartness um, and the dryness are sort of rounded by the orange peel. So it's still quite like it's, it's orange peel. So it still is a tarty citrus, but it, it really helps carry that, that part of the finish to make it um, less sort of jarring, we'll say. Um, so it's actually quite an interesting finish, but it's still quite dry, and it's not very beery. But it is, um, which I thought was interesting that the uh, the orange peel really comes out in that in that end. Nice. But, yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, let's go to you, Lucy, to talk about some games. Yeah. What a game. Well, a game because I'm still not playing games because games are for children. <laughs> but- <laughs> Just like beer, uh, then. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> just the milk stouts yes yeah, yeah. true good for their bones um but after I finished Zelda which was literally the only game I was playing for like two months or something because it's summer and I don't want to play games but I want to buy more games <laughs> I have <haven't laughs> but um, Splatoon came out uh last Friday yeah last Friday on the Nintendo Switch and it's really good um been playing the single player. Adil's <laughs> showing me his case of Splatoon 2, which I, even though I'll never play it with him because Nintendo has made that impossible. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been playing the single player. Um, it's really good. I mean, it starts off a little bit slow, um, but then it really, like, you're sort of in these arenas and you have to collect this i think it's called a zap fish or whatever but it's just you have to get so many collectibles mm. in this hub world for you to go to the next hub world and um it's got all these mini levels um you can complete each level and probably i don't know between five and 15 minutes long um mm. they range um but yeah it's it sort of starts off a little slow, but then they start introducing new mechanics and that make you, you know, your traversal and your speed, you know, get faster and it becomes really fast paced. And um, it's, it kind of reminded me of Sunset Overdrive, the kind of traversal yeah. and oh. the, the fluidity of just traversing through these mini hub worlds. And um, yeah, it's it's really fun. I think I think I'm on the last uh, little world. I think there's five altogether. So it's probably about a six-hour game or something like that. Um, boss in between each hub world, and the bosses are great. Um, really charming, really good uh, animation, really interesting character design, and the music's great as well. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying the single player, but. Um, where I've put most of my time is in the multiplayer, yes. which is strange for me because yes. I don't play multiplayer games. And there's, some, there's something nice about Splatoon, just the fact that it's so simple. I mean, the the ob- objective is clear. It's like 
you know, just, just paint everywhere. And, you know, if you want to kill enemies, you know, if they get in your way, then you can. But the objective is simple. Teamwork is, it can be done without, um, you know, communication online because the objective is that simple. Hooking up your headset to your phone, to your switch, to your telly, then back through to, you know, maybe plug it into your router, then plug it into the upstairs telly just in case, you know, something goes wrong, and then back down again into your microwave. The problem is you have to get the the special edition. It comes with um, a can and some strings. Yeah, but it's Nintendo, so everyone has to get your your partner needs another special edition because they'll need their own can. Yes, Yes. otherwise just ends and tiny piece, tiny knot. Yeah, just left somewhere in the street. Good. That would actually work better than the current offering, but yeah. (laughs) Um, As you put more time into the multiplayer. Is, did, you, did you start off going straight into the multiplayer or did you start off with the single player element first? Uh, usually with multiplayer games, I play the single player first. Yeah. Learn all the mechanics and then jump into multiplayer. But I just jumped into multiplayer because it's, it, it's so simple. Um, I think I jumped into single player because I wanted to unlock um, new abilities for my weapons, be able to buy... Oh, okay. you know, Because... It's not really explained too well because as soon as you jump in, you're sort of in this me-verse world and you've got different shops, you know, some for clothes, some for weapons, some for the horde mode um, called Salmon Run. And it's a bit all mm-hmm. over the place, but you can you can press X on the uh, controller and just jump into a menu and it just basically tells you what each shop is, which is okay. okay. But, um, but yeah, you have to be level four, first of all by leveling up in multiplayer to choose your weapons and I think go into the horde mode and stuff. Mm. So I think it's best to play a bit of multiplayer first, just so that you're at that level where everything unlocks. And then I jumped into single player to um, basically earn currency. There's several kinds of currency, which just makes it confusing, but there's... This currency you can earn in multiplayer and salmon run and single player. So uh, lame. Yeah, it's a bit all over the place, but once you play each of them, it, it becomes a bit clearer and you know what you can purchase with you know all this currency. But but yeah, I mean, started off with multiplayer because multiplayer is fun. It's, no, so really, it's really fun. When you purchase something, is that then available across all game modes for you? It's not you, you you earn currency and then you have to buy, you know, you can use that currency anywhere, but mm. you only buy a gun for multiplayer or you buy a gun for horde mode or, or a gun for the single player sort of thing. Or is that one gun you've bought just available wherever you want? To be honest, I don't want to answer that question because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it would require far too much brain power than I have to actually think about it. So... Oh, you Next see, if you if, if you had a real beer inside of you, you'd um, <laughs> be able to answer that one. That's... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, because they added new weapons, added a paintbrush and something else after a few days that the game was out. Okay, so they've, they've updated it with extra stuff already as well. Yeah, um, because when you play multiplayer, 
it's weird. I mean, people who played Splatoon one will know this, but um, you there's only two maps available to play. Yeah. At any one time in multiplayer, and they sort of do them in these slots. So say, I don't know, it's almost eight o'clock now. Eight o'clock today till eight o'clock tomorrow. We're having these two maps, and then it will switch over to two different ones. So it's it's a bit it's a bit lame because it's like I, I bought the game, I bought it full price. Why are you switching in and out maps? I mean, for me, it doesn't get boring, but for someone else, they may want to, you know, not see the same two maps over and over and over again. Especially as the game ages and you get used to most of the maps a lot more, then then it's really going to, I think, be more apparent that, like, oh, great, now I'm stuck with this map for a day. Yeah, yeah. And what's even worse is that the Salmon Run, the Horde mode, which is really fun, I mean, like, People love Horde mode. I mean, I'm not too much of a fan, but people love Horde mode in, like, Gears of War and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I really gravitated towards it because it is fun, and when you're sick of getting your, you know, arse handed to you in, like, multiplayer in Turf War, you're like, oh, I feel like doing some co-op, you know, everyone's working together as a team. You know, no one's teabagging me. They're all said you know, splat roller or whatever it is. So, so yeah, you just want to jump into um, horde mode, but that's only available at, at certain periods of time as well. Like, oh, certain really? days. yeah. Um, I don't know what the kind of schedule it is. Cause it was available like all weekend for the launch, obviously. Yeah. But, um, I don't know what it is going forward. And it's, it, it's that really, that's really strange because it's like I bought the game. Just let me play Horde mode as much if as I, I want. want to play, yeah, yeah. You can play it local multiplayer. If you got three people around you, you can play it at any point. But who? I mean, nobody has a Switch because nobody can find one. So yeah. having three people around, because I don't think you can do it with the one Switch with four controllers. I think everyone has to have their own Switch. Really mad. I think well, so. According to the diagram on the box, it shows TV play mode, handheld play mode, but it also shows um, Switch tablet mode with two Joy-Cons. Who knows? And it, Maybe that's oh, so. you well, just hold no, two Joy Cons while watching says it. Eight players, uh, two to eight players, local play requires one copy of software per player. So that that mm. main icon is just clearly. False because which is crazy. You can't That's have crazy. two Joy Cons and two softwares without having two so, switches. On all of the on all of the Nintendo promo stuff leading up to the launch of the Switch, um, anything that showed you Splatoon two that showed at least people playing it always showed everybody with their own um, yeah, Switch with their own yeah. their own handheld screen and whatever controller sort of they were using. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a, it, a bit of a madness. shame if it's not got any sort of couch co-op element to it. Yeah, for me who likes to play games alone, like any multiplayer game I play, it's on my own. It's not with people that I know. I just jump in with randoms. And it's really good for someone like me because you get connected to a match almost instantly. Yeah. Um, I don't have to talk to anyone or hear anyone. <laughs> I can just jump in, play it, and then that's it. But for people who like multiplayer games and care about multiplayer games, care about co-op, there's just too many barriers for those people and it's less of an attractive product. But I think what's there, you know, 
the meat and potatoes is good enough for people to buy, especially if you got a Switch. I mean, well, it's the only co- console it's on, but it's like if you, yeah, I think everyone who has a Switch should buy this game because it's that good. Mm. But you know, to get in into it, like you know, competitively, and you really want to get into the nitty gritty of it. I think there's too many barriers and restrictions that Nintendo have put up arbitrarily i don't know why they've done it but it's nintendo don't yeah. try to make sense of anything they do yeah no i've best only played the open beta i because i because i was at, working all day out of the um out of the house and i came home to the package with the splatoon um cart in it and so while i can show it off and read the back i actually haven't interacted with the game at all <laughs> um <laughs> but uh I'm really glad you told me about the the co-op being useful after you sort of get a little your hands a little dirty. Yeah, I'd, I'd suggest you know just as you start put put a few few hours you know not many one or two hours into each mode, and then you'll understand how each currency where right. you can earn that and where you can spend that. Nice, nice, good. Uh, Let's let's move on past Splatoon two to what you've been playing, Adol. Uh I uh, ooh, I played a little of um the Destiny two beta. Mm. But only a very little. Okay. And by that I mean who matches of PvP. <laughs> <laughs> well that's two more than I'd ever play, so um, Actually, and I, you've you've played the uh, the intro single player intro oh, sequence yes. as well, yeah. Which was a little frustrating when there were people online I knew who were going to set up a fire team, and I couldn't even respond to them properly because the game was like, "Hey, hey, hey, nope, nope, stop pushing buttons, run through, run through <laughs> this. Oh, look, it's pretty. Look, now you've run around the corner, and there's someone, an uh, in, in-game cutscene basically of of one of the characters shooting a ship." Well, that took an extra f- two minutes of my time before I could start moving again. Cool, thanks. <laughs> I, I, it was definitely the wrong. Um, given that I do like the the setting and the the, it really wasn't the right. Ad- it it would have been nice to get a heads up to like, oh yeah, by the way, you're not touching the game proper. There's no menu system until you play ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. It's fair criticism. Especially for uh, also, beta, right, where people are sort of expecting maybe to just jump in and try it. Yeah, very much. Um, I know that um, people have criticized it a little bit because it doesn't have quite as much as the Destiny open beta, uh, which, as I understand, it, I didn't play, but had quite a lot of content. And then the Destiny 2 one doesn't have very much. I think uh, it's almost very as calculated. if there's... Mm, possibly, possibly they they got feedback from the the first one, and they didn't want to show people quite as much from Destiny Two um, as maybe people had already experienced. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a bit of an odd one to kind of give you two PvP modes, one map for each, and you know uh, one single player element. Um, yeah, it just 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 seems a bit off. What what really? Me threw me off I mean, it was it was um the fact that they the hub world sort of online shared experience sort of stomping grounds that you have 
was open for like supposedly only for an hour, but apparently went a little over. But like on a, on the Monday. That's right. Yeah, the the so, so like, the social space. Yeah, that's um, it. which is that where you in? dance? Yeah, that's that's basically all you do. Just go in and dance, okay. run around, it was very pretty people. and stuff. But to have it not available <laughs> the whole time, and to have it not avail when you've only got it temporarily available, not like on the Monday and not on one of the weekend days, is just really odd. Especially as only opening that up for a certain amount of time was supposedly more of a stress test. You'd think you'd open that up at peak time when you think as many people as possible are <laughs> going to be on. Unless to, you're to well really, aware it's going to crash with too many people. What, what yeah, well, I suppose well, maybe that's part of the problem. What consoles did you play on? Was it PS4? Yeah. Okay. Is it available on Xbox One? I can't remember. It is, it yes. Is. Yeah, it is. Um, I know, I know Dave's been playing on Xbox One. Mm. Yeah, the PC is the only platform that it's going to come out on, but wasn't available for the open beta. Yeah. Yes. Well, to be fair, like even though it seemed like you know half baked stress test, the first Destiny, from what I remember, launched you know with zero problems, which was quite extraordinary because I remember that year. When did the first one come out? Twenty fourteen. Yeah, it's got to be three years. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that year, and you know, so many games were coming out, and they were just basically broken. Mm. Uh, was that the year of Drive Club or something? Who knows? <laughs> but I just remember that year that you know, so many multiplayer-focused games just came out, and they were just completely trash and broken. And everyone was like, "This is the end of multiplayer," and <laughs> all this and all that apocalyptic speech. And then Destiny came out, and it's like no problems whatsoever. Yeah, Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how well uh, it fares when it releases. It's actually not releasing for quite a while uh, yet. Is it September? September? Yeah, that's in the corner. Well, it is, but it it feels quite early for for an open beta. Normally, we get them sort of two weeks before a release. This is about six weeks, I think, before um, before release. To me, that sounds almost like it's more like a beta and not uh, glorified. Um, demo, demo. yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, wasn't Halo Five like nine months out, like its beta to release? I'm sure, it was. or was that Gears of War one of them? I don't know. But yeah, I think oh, it's, I, don't know. I think it's reasonable um, that time frame. That's what two months, less yeah. than two months. Yeah. yeah, yeah, about six to eight weeks, something like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see, don't see. Anything wrong with uh, with it coming out of that? Except, I suppose it's a, an older build of the game. I guess uh, yeah. they would have been working on it, um, you know, since. And <sighs> so, yeah, is it a true representation of what you're going to get? Or well, it's a decent enough representation, I imagine. It's going to have a lot in there that you're going to experience. Um, yeah, they, a, they've already a, a they've already taken some feedback and talk, and said that, for example, um, power ammo. Is really hard to come by in PVE, and uh, and they they definitely scaled that down for PVP balance as far as all the articles are saying. And so um, they've already said that they're gonna they're they're actively fixing that for, for launch. Okay, nice, nice. Good to know that they're taking feedback as well and actually changing yeah. things. Good, good. Um, 
if you'd like to listen to more detailed chat about the Destiny 2 beta, um, I'm going to be chatting with a few of the other guys from Out of Lives uh, on, an, on the test episode, which will probably come out around about the same time as this episode. So you may have already heard it. You may not have heard it, uh, but I won't give any more info about my thoughts. Go over there and listen to it. It's exclusive. Hey, that's how we do things. Yeah. Maybe. I will tell you, it wasn't great. Um, <laughs> well, Destiny <laughs> isn't great, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, are, you, are you ready for another beer, Adol? Oh, yeah. Good, good. Uh, uh, we are both drinking the same beer. Not exactly the same beer. We have a, a, a beer each of the same beer. Um, it's the Cloudwater Verdant Brewing and Lost and Grounded is it Laurel and Ardy, uh, an 8.8, uh, sorry, an 8.2% uh, triple. Ooh. So big collaboration beer. Um, Lost and Grounded, obviously, a Bristol brewer. Uh, Verdant are Cornish. Um, Cloudwater are Manchester. So they've all got together, I think, around about Manchester Beer Week. Mm. Or it came out for Manchester Beer Week, perhaps. Um yeah, it's, it's so, officially under the Cloudwater label, anyway. Yeah, I think it was brewed at Cloudwater. Yeah, so that's what that's what I was getting. At. Yeah, that they, they, yeah it was brewed at Cla- Cloudwater, and it was a collaboration. According to the tin, brewed with old friends from Lost and Grounded and new friends from Verdant. This is a hoppy Belgian hybrid with a modern twist. Its aroma hops are Laurel, Simcoe, Centennial, Hallertau, Blanc. Bittering hop is uh, Pilgrim Alpha, and it's got a Pilsner malt. And the yeast is Arden, and CO2 extract is also in there. Um, as Ben said, it is 8.2%. A nice tall 440ml can, and a lovely, um, very texture patterny, orange stripey can. Yes, yes. Um, it's, it's it's definitely one that um, we were looking out for, you know, with Cloudwater, Verdant and Lost and Grounded being sort of big, big name brewers at the moment. Uh, Verdant and Lost and Grounded, um, I think are, are roughly about a year old. Cloudwater only maybe a couple of years old. So they're all sort of new kids on the block, uh, but all big names um, in the craft beer scene at the moment. Or in the beer scene, sorry. Makes me sick. Mm. New kids on the block. And uh, had a bunch of hits. Mm-hmm. Chinese food makes me sick. Oh dear! Oh dear! I don't know any new kids on the block. I oh, that's it. That's not a new kids on the block <laughs> reference. That is a reference is not? to a lyric. Oh dear! Oh dear! The beer itself. It's. It has a lovely uh, wafty nose right off the pour. It does. It's quite hazy. Uh, a lovely orangey colour, but it's very sort of pale at the edges if you hold it up to the light. Um, a little bit carbonated, nice nice head on it. By what the way, if you lot see me crying, it's because I'm insanely jealous right now. <laughs> Wait, you I your, my your, 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 your fruity pop. Yeah, my squash. Maybe oh, maybe we will whisper what this is like, and you can sort of bow your head and hide whilst we uh, the, discuss. The nose, um, I, I want to say there's something round the melony 
in there almost. I can't. T- it's definitely one of the hops, and I just not quite. Um, it's not actually sweet melony, but there's just this, some. Um, I don't know what that smell is. It's driving me nuts. Mm, it's definitely flavor-wise. It's definitely got that sweetness in there. That is that is sort of a biscuity. Oh wow! Yeah, sweetness to it. Almost a little toffee. Mm, slightly. Yeah, yeah. Is that sweetness can, coming from the malt or the alcohol? I think so. But... I think it's more from what was it? Um, it's the alcohol. The, malt. the beer. Yeah, the beer last episode I had. Mm. Um, what which brewery was it? I don't remember. I think it was the second beer I had, where yeah. the sweetness, as I drank it more, it was more apparent that it was coming through yeah. from the alcohol yeah, rather than from the um, rather than from the malts itself. So this again feels more like it's from the malt than from the alcohol itself. Uh, but it, it may be that the uh, the previous beer is clouding it slightly. Um, so What's it may become slightly water? more apparent. How did waters? <laughs> mm. um, I definitely mm-hmm. noticed that um, the finish is being affected by the long um, drying finish of the previous beer I had. So um, I'm going to hold back a little and then probably interrupt us later with with some more thoughts on the beer. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it maybe just before our, our topic. Um, I have been playing a game. Ooh. Ooh. Not just the Destiny 2 beta. Not... Not just yonder, which if I you've read my review, yeah, if you've read my review, you'll have seen that the game didn't hold me very much. But actually, it's quite a nice diversion from something like the Destiny Two beta, mm-hmm. um, which didn't hold me very long. And so I jumped back into yonder, and there's some nice collectibles, and it's a it, it is a very pleasant and calming relaxing game to kind of what you know while away some hours in so i've jumped into that a little bit uh, more can i ask you because we made the comparison lightly um before uh no have you played much stardew valley since your initial sort of couple surges of it and do you think this scratches the similar sort of diversiony itch now that you've returned to it sort of not in the oh, I'm going to finish the story or I'm reviewing it since, but in the sense of, oh, I kind of just want to do a thing. I, I can just bop about a little bit and, yeah. and you know, watch the, the sunset and sunrise and collect a few cats. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can collect cats. Um, I want to play this game. Now, is, there, is there a cat scan button? Oh, no, there's God. not. They're really fucking hard to find. And, and actually, they're that's the most infuriating part of the game. And suddenly you hear this. And you're like, where the fuck is this cat? <laughs> Just running around these rocks, trying to find it. So um, I had it no does, idea. Does... You have now re, re, rekindled an already mild <laughs> interest uh, into this game. Um, it does. It does scratch the same itch as Stargy Valley. Uh, it's not quite the same in, that Stardew Valley has, yes, it has a day and night cycle, but Stardew Valley wants you to um, to rest. You have to rest, though, no matter and what. It, yes, and it ends the day for you. Whereas yonder, you can, you, you, this person never sleeps. They don't have to sleep. Uh, I, I think mean? in game time, I've been running around for about four years, and this person <laughs> hasn't slept. So either it's all a massive hallucination because they've gone absolutely insane because they haven't slept for four years or sleeps for 
babies. Or not in my case, dependent on you know no, where you are. Didn't you describe it as babies' first RPG? <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe I did. Um, but yeah, it do, it does scratch the same itch as, as Stardew Valley does, definitely. Um, in that, not much happens. It's very relaxing. It's very calming. Mm. You can you can just you know traverse the world, doing a few things, and suddenly four hours has disappeared. Uh, but that wasn't the game I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the final station, yeah, which is a Steam game. Yeah, yeah, uh, I picked up in the Steam summer sale very cheaply, um, published by Tiny Build. Um, The developer, at least on Steam's page, is just a bunch of guys: Oleg, Andre, Rumac, Do. Oh, do my best. Someone called Do my best. Yeah, do my best. Yeah. Uh, So. The Final Station is a 2D side-scrolling game. You have two elements to it. One is you're a train driver. Well, you're sorry, you're a train driver through the whole thing. One is driving and operating the train. And the other element is sort of a semi-kind of platform, almost sort of sci-fi horror exploration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Essentially, something has happened and these black-shaped humanoids, um, sort of almost reminiscent of the um, the character in Limbo. They, they okay. look very similar to him. Silhouetting. Um, yeah, very silhouetted. They um, inhabit the world and want to, to hurt you. So um, the 2D sort of side-scrolling level as such um, has you uh, exploring a space, running around, shooting these guys or, or melee attacking them and picking up food, health, um, various objects, various items that you can use. Um, but ultimately, you're running around looking for a code which releases your train from the stop. And once you've found your code, you go back to your train. You may find survivors in the level which then join you on the train. And it cuts to um, sort of like a train interlude in between these levels. Um, whilst you're on the train, you have to either give the people on the train food or health, dependent on which bar is decreasing the quickest or the most. And um, you do sort of several different mini games on the train to maintain it, to make sure that it doesn't break down. Mm. And both parts actually gel quite well because the train is almost constant action. You're constantly checking their levels to make sure that no one is going to die whilst they're on the train. You're also running between these different parts of the train to make sure that it's operating correctly. Um, You also get messages whilst you're on the train. You can craft on there. You can check the map to see where you are. Not that that does much other than just seeing where you are on the map. You can't choose to go anywhere. It's a very set path that you're traveling along. Uh, But whilst you're in these levels, uh, which I think is the real selling point for this game, it's that the pixel art is done so well that the lighting, the sound, everything just makes it so atmospheric. It makes it really tense. Yeah. Um, I, I got through maybe the first eight levels roughly, and it then took me on a bit of a detour. It took me off route as the story suggested and took me into this underground or, or domed sort of few levels so you're still in this kind of like cityscape uh, or underground kind of bunker depending on which level you hit into 
and it's 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 almost pitch black and you can only see in about a, a five meter radius in scale to your character so you can only just make out these silhouetted characters when they come really close to you and you've got to react so quickly um unlike when it's the daytime you're outside and you can see them and you can plan what you're going to do whether that's you melee attack them a couple of times and then back off and run away and melee attack them again to conserve ammo or or know that you've got a chair which you can pick up and throw at the enemies to take them down but it, it just the sense of atmosphere is absolutely fantastic um and it, it, it's one of those games that, it, like Yonder, I played it, I reviewed it, I put it down. Okay, I, I've come back to it, but that's after playing something else. The Final Station is a game that I just want to keep playing, and yeah. I'll play. I'll play a level, and I think, okay, I'll, I'll just put it down for a bit. I won't. I won't play. It. And then, you know, I, I've played maybe fifteen minutes during lunch, and I've done a bit of work. I'm sort of sat there thinking, hmm. On the computer, <laughs> could just no. I won't. I won't play another level. I'll wait. I'll wait till later. But it constantly has me thinking about it, um, wanting to go back to it. Um, and because um, it's, uh, I'm playing it through Steam. I don't know if it's available or anything else. Yeah, it's available uh, on Xbox, maybe PlayStation. Okay. I think there's DLC, but I think that's only on PC. Oh, yeah. Ooh, is there? Ooh, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I um, played. I played through the main game on Xbox. Played the DLC on P- PC. Oh, yeah. okay, nice, nice. Uh, standalone DLC, DLC. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think you can buy it separately, but in terms of narrative and stuff like that, you can probably just play the DLC if you wanted to. Like, okay. Without finishing the main game or getting too stuck into the main game, so. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like two hours long. Nice um, little, you know, tidbit to tide you over. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's nice for me to um, be playing it on PC and actually have a little bit of time to sink into um, into uh, into something that I think is probably better on PC than it is on a, a console. You yeah. have an element of aiming with the mouse as you're side scrolling. Ah, uh, right. Okay. So. I think that would probably work better than with sort of aiming up and down or, you know, across the screen on one of the analog sticks. Is it, on is a, it like on a yeah. dual analog stick style uh, on on the console? Do you are you moving with one and aiming with the other, sort of twin stickish? I think you aim with one stick, and I think you just shoot with one of. To be fair, I, I played. Both, both versions on yeah with, that's with fair I just you don't know that's fine yeah I, I don't know I just remember aiming with the analogue and then just shooting with like L2 or R2 or one of those so, yeah what is it on do you know what it is on PC then um yeah it's it's you're, you're moving with your, your WASD um yeah. and you're you're aiming with the the mouse so just, just moving it around the screen and, and aiming it which makes it very satisfying when you come up against an armoured enemy and you punch their helmet off, yeah. <laughs> and then just able to get one sort of headshot off to to take them down um, on this, you know, seemingly very difficult mm. uh, enemy. Um, and yeah. they do they do mix it up quite a lot. It's not just you know standard silhouette guy coming at you all the time. Uh, as I said, there's an armored version, 
there's a slightly smaller, faster version. Uh, even at times, you find one which is almost like they're covered in gas, or they, yeah. they have sort of like gases coming off them. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a very satisfying kill yeah. when you can when you can pull that off correctly. Or the first time I encountered them, die horrifically. Yeah. Too close to me. Yeah, so I throw a chair at them. Yeah, <laughs> chair, toilet, box. something like that. Cardboard yeah. box. I do, en- I do enjoy how a cardboard box does the same amount of damage as a toilet, <laughs> um, and how this man is able to lift a toilet and throw it at um, at something well, with ease. Made out of cardboard, so. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, apparently uh, it is out on all the platforms except Switch. Okay, nice, nice. So it'd be a good fit for Switch. To be fair, it's not too intensive. Pixel art is great, as you say, but it's not anything that's going to trouble um, modern artware. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I was interested in the fact that you said um, that the train management um, worked well with just like the normal side scrolling um, action parts because a part of it you can you know save survivors and get them on your train etc and manage that but I don't care if they die <laughs> it's just like <laughs> you're not as, as far as I understand or can remember they don't give you any sort of perks or buffs or if you keep them alive or anything do they um, so they they give you money and mm, items okay. if you keep them alive right. um and you have to maybe if you take on passengers over maybe three levels and on the fourth level they'll all get off yeah. and give you these items or money and you can oh. use money to buy food and health packs health yeah. packs which you can use during the levels mm. or which are very important yeah yes or heal the passengers food which the passengers also want but some of them i have encountered one which has given me an upgrade to my pistol uh but you can you can buy that upgrade from one of the shops in one of the sort of towns that you 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 stop at uh but obviously saving more survivors gives you more money to be able to buy more upgrades and things um so yeah if you don't survive anyone you haven't got to spend money on food and health yeah i'm just letting them all die it's like I need this health pack. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm the one risking my ass. It does have that. Things. It does yeah. have that very easy replay element that if you die, you're started at a checkpoint. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, you're never you're never told where these checkpoints are. You don't hit something for it to be a checkpoint. Um, I I mean I've uh, run through a level and got to a point, died in the next room, and then restarted just outside that room. Uh, died on the same level, maybe six or or seven rooms past that, and died, and then respawned back at that same point. Yeah. So, yeah. So it doesn't exactly tell you where those checkpoints are. They're they're sort of, you know, placed around the map, I suppose, as the developers saw fit um, to the to the oncoming sort of um, the parts in front of you. So, yeah. It, it, it's it's very easy in that sense that you die, but it's not that frustrating to, yeah, cause, to go cause back. When you say it was tense, I was thinking uh, it was, it's actually quite a relaxing game <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, it's not too punishing. It's forgiving. And I was, you know, I played it, you know, streamed it onto my uh, PC um, or onto my service tablet and just played it like that and just chilled out and yeah. just watched something in the background and, yeah, so I, I have fond memories of that game. I think I think you know 
some parts of it I wasn't keen, like the train management stuff. I, I think that was surplus to requirements, but you know, it it, it bridged the gap between um, the action side scrolling parts and the story. Um, I mean, it, it story is it, it's not quite overt. There's no narrator. There's no you know. There's no voice acting or anything so mm, it's mm. basically what you find in like notes amongst the world yes. um you know so i mean it always encourages you to go exploring because you know as you get to a house or a building you can't see inside of it um so only when you enter each room um it's usually black and then it fills in and then you can see what's in those rooms so you know you always want to explore and think what what is in that room what could be in there is it ammo is it health is it a survivor you don't know so i think exploration is you know um incentivized but i never got a good grip of the story and mm, mm. there's a few things but you know you expect it from an indie game with a small team but overall it's a really fun experience and you know short and I know you said tense, but it was just relaxing for me. Post-apocalyptic. There is nothing quite like post-apocalyptic relaxation. Yes. <laughs> definitely. definitely. Uh, so yeah, the final station. Very enjoyable. Very enjoyable game. Um, uh, I think I'll, I I'll be remiss if I don't about... The final station. A little bit of Europe can be inserted everywhere. Good. Good. Uh, we shall move on to our topic. Uh, but first, we go back to you, Adol, because I know you wanted to possibly talk about this beer a little bit more. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the, um, the lingering dry taste of the previous beer, the Yellow Sub IPA, was not helping this beer. So yes. Since that sort of faded away, suddenly the finish was much more dynamic. That sweetness very lightly stays. Yeah, quite a bit, but in a very um, a medium round fruity, um, not strong fruity, but just sort of the roundness of a fruit um, taste. It just leaves you really satisfied. So it's really easy to sip it and put it down. And unless you want to taste again, which is easy, so you want, mm-hmm. you're not sort of reaching. Well, like the previous beer, I was I was being dried out so quickly that I was going for repeat sips just to sort of quench my thirst. Yeah. And it's quite mm. satisfying in small sips as far as sort of the dryness and, and um hydrating sort of feeling. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd completely agree. Um yeah, the the, the pohage, the previous beer, um that spiced um, you know, the coriander has definitely uh, dissipated and actually this is quite a well whilst our sweetness really comes through, I think it's actually quite well balanced. Yeah, um, you, you, you're getting a little bit of hoppiness. Uh, the malts are coming through a little bit, and it's and it's not the alcohol that's giving you the sweetness. I think it's definitely it, it might be contributing, but I think it it's definitely the like malts. The alcohol yeah. is, is yeah. We, yeah, it doesn't mm. have that sort of slightly sickly sweet that comes with yeah. um, mm. a sweet mm. alcohol taste. So you can't tell it's eight point two percent at all. No, Just, mm. I think you'd I think you'd recognise that it is a slightly higher percentage. Yeah. But like I could, if this doesn't feel that boozier than like a saison, for example, like a standard seven no, percent no, saison. No, no. So, okay. Nice. Um, we're going to stick with beer for our topic. We may delve into games a little bit, depending on how much time we've got. Uh, but 
Lucy, you brought another article to our attention I about a brewery mm. making a pink bottled beer for her. Yeah. Um, a Rosa. Not never heard of that brewery or is that the name of beer? Who knows? But um it's basically someone called Ginger Johnson, who's the founder of a website called Women Enjoying Beer. Um, she has many thoughts on how to market beer to women, and um, the website that this pink beer, it's sort of in a sort of champagne um, kind of uh, bottle. Um, it is described as the first beer for her. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> described as the first beer for her um i don't think we need to <laughs> discuss that anymore and basically the um the internet and beer lovers you know especially beer lovers who are women you know they're just like come on now yeah they're like yeah you know good good idea but you know, 10 out of 10 for ideas, 0 out of 10 for execution. Just, <laughs> you know, it's like, do we need this? And I mean, we'll, we'll delve deeper onto this, but there's whole argument that, yes, there is a stigmatisation or a generalisation that beer is mostly drank by men, which is probably true, you know, statistically, but the fact that, you know, women do drink beer and despite marketing and you know all these you know big companies marketing towards men and having adverts skewed towards a male audience and you know i mean it's ridiculous but adil i know you bursting to say something uh, well i just thought um i thought it would be useful so um i think she's czech i think the company's czech but, yeah um, yeah just to, to just Give them Arosa the due, uh, their due. That them, the founder said, um, she created the beer to prove that women can succeed anywhere without having to adapt and sacrifice their natural femininity, uh, and that the beer has two contrasting tempers present in the female essence that are depicted through the elegant design yet the strong unfiltered taste, the representation of women's strength and a girl's tenderness. Um, I'm not going to – I don't think we should dissect that. I just wanted to sort of finish the thought behind pink beer um, so that we could be clear that what they're doing is sort of nonsense. Yeah. Because it – I mean oh. – Obviously, Lucy, <laughs> no, having never had beer before, no, well, does, does this tempt today, you to try beer? On today's part, I definitely never had a beer because I don't know how that was. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's quite <laughs> ironic the the one beer you brought to the rodeo today. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I need this Arosa beer. Tell me what real beer is. I kind of think we should try and source a bottle. I think, I think we, we probably should. we probably should just to see <laughs> what it, tastes it really actually nice. is. <laughs> it tastes really nice. Well, it, I mean, I want to know. Okay, this is going to sound wrong, but I want to know what. The Others. female essence, yeah, I'd like to know of too, con- two yeah. contrasting tempers tastes like. Mm. Well, that's just basically saying, saying like all women are bipolar and. Well, yeah, I think that's that's sort of why it was. 
lost for words this idea that they're it's such a weirdly specific descriptor that not only is it assuming women can't fit in the beer box but also that all women are so generically templated Mm. that this answers the question of beer for women just the idea that, uh, that, that pink or an elegant shaped bottle would have mm. any kind of factor on what what mm. you know maybe uh, maybe agreeable to a certain gender is fucking absurd. And yeah. I, I it, within the article, which we'll we'll link at some point, I absolutely love Melissa Cole's tweet, yeah. which says, "This is fucking horseshit." Arouse <laughs> a fuck the pink, fuck the concept that women need a beer, fuck everyone involved in this. Yeah, <laughs> kind of sums it up quite well, really. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, the response that Smirova has given was um, also interesting, which was uh, that the beer was never indicated intended to dictate what women should or shouldn't drink. We're simply a brand that wants to offer beer in an elegant and beautiful bottle, something that has not been done before for those who, women who want it and whose lifestyle we fit. And so I think why not why not offer an elegant bottle to fucking everybody? Well, yeah. Also, um, it really speaks to the fact that she's not defending it on the basis of her previous sort of this is a taste that represents femininity, which I I, kind of think that it's so weirdly hipster and crafty could be a weird out. Like Mm. I'm trying to capture like something about femininity in this in this beer just sort of to to invert it and say this is a beer that that's trying to represent a concept but instead it's like no no what i'm really saying is if i want to hold a beer bottle i want it to look pretty and no one had did that so then i did it yeah so then you pour it into a glass and the beer bottle goes in the bin no it stays at the table sir oh okay well fair (laughs) enough um i i I do like how uh, the the writer of the the article, um, Julissa Castrodal, um, this mm-hmm. is on this is on Munchies, which is part mm-hmm. of Vice, which I've yeah. never been to before. Uh, You're not hipster enough, are you? No, obviously not. I've uh, been to Vice. Uh, well, yes, yes, I've been to Vice, but I've never been to Munchies. Um, she does talk about the sort of the inherent problem with the like the beer scene and how the bigger brewers um, have previously. Um, advertised uh, beers, you know, using scantily clad women. Um, yeah, as, as a lot of advertisers have done when they want to very specifically market something towards men. B- the bigger the beer, the more corporate, the more. Uh, so I actually don't because I haven't seen a lot of t- advertisements for beer on this side of the pond. I'm going to speak to. You don't see them as often nowadays. No, but like Coors and and Molson. Um, and uh, Miller and all these um, American brands, and especially if you happen to watch uh, an American football game, yeah. you see beer advertisements, and yeah. they are inexplicable bikinis. And um, the idea that suddenly, with this with this beverage in hand, all the women will be more hot and so into into you. Yeah, I think I think over here you couldn't show alcohol adverts if drinking alcohol show you know it portrays drinking alcohol as vastly improving your life like social life <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I, I, I think i think ofcom 
I might be mistaken, but I'm sure Ofcom ruled that yeah, you can't show you you down a bottle of Smirnoff ice and <laughs> basically wake up with ten women in your bed or something like that. I, I think Ofcom ruled against that, so it's just usually. Well, it's because promoting serial killing is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, I I always remember um, the John Smith's adverts uh, with Peter Kane. Where are these the know, ones that depict him abducting Pocahontas, or are we talking about a different John Smith? No, di- different, a different John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter Kay, British comedian, slightly, you know, rotund. Uh, where he'd be playing football and he'd just boot the ball fucking off the pitch into someone's garden and he'd just scream, have it. That's kind of, you know, that's what I sort of associate with um, beer advertising, I suppose. I I cannot recall anywhere uh, a scantily clad woman on a, mm. uh, a beer commercial, either either Peter Kay or Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I was about very to say cold. scantily clad Jamie Lee, I've seen, but... Yeah. So this is super interesting to me. I, I might actually try and YouTube beer commercials in, in the UK over the past 10 years because I am, yeah, I'm very curious to see how it's done here because the standard template is, is awful and stupid and misogynistic and, like, if you um, yep. if you ever uh, pay attention to, like, the big commercials of the Super Bowl – Budweiser's always in there, and usually some other like Coors or somewhere else. And e- even if they're slightly more clever, except for like maybe the Bud Bud Why Sir Frogs, yeah, yeah. Um, there there is definitely this um, generic dude and suddenly very attractive woman motif. Oh no, no doubt that the beer is always aimed, or historically has has been aimed towards men. Um, well, I if that's that... the biggest market, then yeah, you do that. But it's but it's like this is I just suppose... going the complete opposite way. Of... It is. It this is going the opposite way. Yes, appeal it... to women. You don't yeah. make big for her the pink yeah. pen that suddenly women can use to write because they couldn't before. And yes, that is a product. Product. And if you want to look into it, Google okay. is your friend. Um, you don't. Yeah, you don't gender things that weren't specifically gendered you you market towards more people you create a new gendered thing this is why i was very furious with one of my favorite companies in the world lego for lego friends because it said suddenly after decades of people everyone playing with lego that oh girls can play with lego too here's a new set where everything is cutesy and pastel-y and also not actually compatible size wise and i don't mean by the pieces i mean the, the actual the figures are figures, different yeah, yeah yeah here is how girls can suddenly play with lego and the the subtle and like imp, imp, the implication there is the previous stuff wasn't re- for women or girls because females this is new for females so the other stuff isn't for you which means it never wasn't for you because it never was a thing yeah, and that's yeah. preposterous, exactly. and that's that's exact. It's the same move that they're doing. Aurora or what Arosa is doing, yeah. except, um, f- I mean, Lego's done some things with their like the DC superhero girls is a really cool line and a really cool YouTube series that, that's attached to it. Um, uh, but um, 
this is not how you expand your market. You don't try and make a new niche market for a thing that is so obviously neutral. Yeah. Yeah, completely, completely. And it's all down to the to the brewers and the 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 way they market themselves essentially in in terms of beer and and with Lego, how how insane to bring out a new range for girls to say, "Hey, Lego's for girls." But not all of this Lego. Only this. Only this new Lego. Yeah, the Lego that that is has hospitals, pony camps, veterinarian clinics. Because you could be a a male type job as long as it's the right kind of male type job. Yeah, like pirates or yeah, astronaut. No, there isn't actually a Lego Prince pirate, but there there they do have some fantasy stuff, which is Lego elves, and those are very the dragons are very friendly and not attacky because fighting isn't involved. You what just have to ride the dragon because it's magic. <laughs> just, just, just promote, just promote drug use from a very early age. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, why not? Why not? Good. Um, so I think we're all in agreement that this is, is a shit idea. Just a, just a really fucking shit idea. Um, and again, this is what what what, what vexes me um, is. The beer could be tasty. I don't think it is because at no point does the fa- uh, founder defend the taste of the beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a truly like feminist move, I guess, would be to make a beer that like somehow symbol like the taste w- had maybe this fractured notion of a woman a strength and a girl's tenderness, and you were trying to make a interesting beer and saying this is what it was inspired by. The struggle of being two roles, and that's definitely not what's going on, and <laughs> that's fine. I don't think we need our beers to, to make such a political statement, but that's like the only thing I can think of that would be redeeming enough or make sense of going close to this world of this is a, an, 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 uh, this is a female beer and therefore it's unfiltered. Also a weird statement that you made. Yeah, yeah. I think my, my final thought is shite. Lucy, do you have a final thought? I think the only way to create balance in this world is to make adverts with scantily clad men, and I will be happy. Oh, don't don't you? Uh, I've I have thoughts whilst we've uh, we've been talking about this. You have that with uh, Muller Light. Yeah, yogurts, yogurts which only yeah. women can eat, obviously. Yeah, yeah, men can't eat yogurt. What do you want to know? That's true. And I, I, I didn't have I haven't had yogurt in days, and that's because. Uh, I keep forgetting to buy it, and so in my, days, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so my standard breakfast is um, porridge, oats with yogurt, and um, ground flaxseed. Fair. If you have problems being regular, folks, this will keep it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you if you run out of the yogurt, you can use boiling water. Ooh. Have you never had water and oats? It's a very poor person thing, but I, you know, I had I had youth. Oh, um, cereal and water. Yeah. Like gruel? You're talking about yeah, essentially, gruel? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and so um, <laughs> that's why I haven't had yogurt because I'm I'm, li- I'm living the not actual poor person but lazy man version. Oh, I forgot. To, I keep forgetting, even though I've taken the train, which is right by the Lidl, to buy <laughs> yogurt. I guess it's hot water this morning because I should eat something. How did we get good. on this? <laughs> oh, good, I'm having an a good insight beer. into um into your life there. Thank you. Yeah. That's that's good. Um, Lucy, mm. how was your beer? Yeah, which is your favorite beer? <sighs> this is water that I've been drinking next to me. To be honest, that's my favorite. Good old 
Birmingham water. You've not been sneaking a bottle of Arosa. <laughs> I'm going to buy I'm gonna it offline. This down. So I swear like... to God, I'm going to try and drag it down. Um, <laughs> but um, so I also felt about that beer that it did not taste sufficiently like a beer for me Completely. to call it a beer. Yeah, I thought it was a refreshing alcohol pop for being out in the park. Um, I mean, I don't mind beers that don't taste necessarily a beer, but this was just. It wasn't even a good drink. It's like it just tasted a bit. It tasted like if you left beer out for overnight and then went back and <laughs> chilled it and then drank it. It's just it, it was just so flat and there wasn't much flavor. Like right at the end of a wedding, you haven't quite had enough. The bar's closed. Yeah. There's a glass on the table over there. <laughs> I'll have that one. Um, yeah, I, I didn't actually pick up on how the flatness really did make me feel like it wasn't beery enough. Mm. Um, until you've mentioned that uh, again just now and me actually paying attention. Because... I seem to remember it being really, really carbonated. No, really? mine wasn't at all. Was it mine, not? Mine, in the park, mine wasn't. Okay. Yeah, mine was just... The, the, if, it, it felt very much like a... It was carbonated, but not like a... It felt kind of like a carbonated squash. It felt, it felt okay, like but... how a sour beer would be. Like, right. I think yeah. that's why I compared it to Lucasade. Because I thought it was more, you know, because I thought it was quite a fizzy. Oh, okay. Uh, and of course, because I've never had the thing, I didn't actually pick up on it might not being as fizzy as you might have remembered. Because yeah, yeah. Lucas, it just sounds like it sounds like we have Tylenol or acetaminophen, and you have paracetamol, and Lucas we have Aid. ibuprofen, and you have Lucasade or something yeah. like it. it. Just sounds way too medicinal. <laughs> well, that's that's why it's it's branded that way. We won't get yeah. into the branding of Lucasade now, but yes, it's it's very much uh, branded in that kind of way. Yeah. Now, is there a Lucasade pink, or is that just <laughs> Pepto Bismol? No, I think <laughs> I think there is a Lucasade pink, which is probably tropical fruits. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, I don't think it's for her necessarily. Yeah. Uh, Adel, the two beers that you've had. Which oh, should you cloud prefer? water. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, um, I, I found that my big problem with the yellow sub IPA was that it was too drying in the mouth. And so to the point where I, like, like I said, the, the cardamom seeds and the orange peel were doing things, but I felt like I was getting, my mouth was getting dried out so quickly. I couldn't actually really appreciate it until I actually concentrated on what was going on in the taste. And I have no problem with doing that, but like, that's not how we regularly drink beer. Yeah. We don't yeah. sit there and try and focus on what's going on in our taste buds. And I think that if you resort to that to see some of the nuance, then something's gone wrong. Like mm. you're clearly trying something, but something's gone wrong. And sure. the cloud water um, felt very nuanced but very full and rounded in a way that was sort of very easy to detect and, and, and taste and enjoy. And like I, I – I don't think – I mean when I focused, I just got strength in, in what the things we talked about rather than, oh, yeah, that's actually kind of happening too. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think I completely agree about the Cloudwater, uh, Verdant, Lost and Grounded uh, collaboration beer, uh, the Laurel and Ardy, as it's called. Uh, the, the Pohage – I haven't seen where on the, well, on the tin it says that. Oh, there it is. Oh, it's, uh, it's, is... It's, it's vertical. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, by, the, by all of the descriptor. Um, the Pohage, the Saison, is a very good Saison. Um, but I think the, the, the Cloudwater collab um, 
is an excellent triple. Uh, so it, it, yeah, just just beats it slightly for me this week. That, slightly. That's quite, uh, so so I really liked this beer. So now I'm very curious about this um, your Estonian beer. Well, you shall have it soon if you keep your Beer 53 subscription. Yeah, I feel like I have to contact them and get them to move it up because the fact that like you have clearly finished your box and I've just got mine and then I, I like kind of pound through my box and then Lucy's like, I got my box! <laughs> yeah. And then we're like, <laughs> Lucy said she's got her box. And then we realize that we're talking about the same sort of set of beers for a month and a half. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's been a while. I suppose I had that... Um, that fierce beer about six episodes ago now. Yeah, for the listeners, we'll get some beers other than beer fifty two. <laughs> it's just been one of those months. I think it has. It has been. Well, one no, of those but months, we found definitely. we managed to get the Severdant. It's just you didn't, Lucy. I blame yeah, you. yeah. We're, we're not getting endorsed by beer fifty two, unfortunately. Just in case anyone's well, worried. <laughs> that would be nice, but no, we're not. Yeah. We're not. Uh, we would tell you if we were, of course. Mm. Um, so social medias and how you'd contact us. We are tanked up underscore cast. You can email us tanked up cast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page. We do have a YouTube page, which we don't use. Uh, Adol, if people want to talk to you, how do they do that? They can reach me at the Omniarch on all of the things. That's steam, PSN, uh, Xbox live, <laughs> Those Instagram platforms. Um, also, you can reach me at sw124679244444 or just message me on some other form and I'll tell you what the actual numbers are as far as my switch code. Um, and also, you can reach me, I swear, at arosa.cz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Lucy, how do people reach out to you? You know what's funny? I was actually going to start out reading my switch code and I was going to be like, I'm only joking, I'm not reading all of that out. But you oh. <laughs> awesome. Great minds. So if you want to contact me on PS4 and Xbox, forget Switch. It's Juicy Loose 9. And on Twitter, it's beerresistible underscore. Nice, nice. I'm Nova underscore 47 on almost everything. And for another week, we have been tanked up. Out of Goodbye. Who? Out of Lives.net. Oh, bollocks. Who are they? Bunch of wankers. Some nerds. Bunch of nerds. This is probably where we should drop in all of the extra things that we're doing over on outoflives.net. You have a recent review that you've alluded to. Did I not talk about that last week? Yeah, but... You you know, Good lord, you should not... We're going to have to talk about marketing for your your, your new self-employment if you're like, oh, I said it once. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't need to market mate word of mouth word of mouth um yes i have a review on outlies.net for yonder a game i don't think i've spoken about on tanked up um <laughs> we have other podcasts we have the out of the x-fire podcast which is a playstation Central podcast what did i say you said x-fire it's no, crossfire out of the crossfire you know, x-fire. the whole point is that sony refuses to call the x button an x because of the xbox they call it the cross Really? Crossfire with the X is the joke. I'm saying this on behalf of Adam Thomas, former <laughs> custodian of the Crossfire, because uh, he'll cry reasons. otherwise. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Adam and I were on the on the the first relaunched episode, uh, and that should be coming to you every other week. Yeah, that's uh, Xfire 2.0, right? Yes, Xfire 2.0. Oh. Um, uh, we're also going to be uh, publishing our. On the test, Destiny 2 beta 
uh, chat as well very soon. Probably around about the same time that you hear this. So and that'll be on the main Out of Lives podcast feed, yeah? It, it will be. It will be. Or you can go to outoflives.net to be able to listen to that directly from the website. Is that it? Got everything? Uh, no. Let's think of other things we can we – can, oh, there's um, – Oh no no uh, actually um nostalgia gamers uh are um nostalgia goggles goggles whatever they are gamers as well fuck <laughs> they're affiliated with of lives and they've just done a link to the past video that I haven't seen yet but oh. I am annoyed that I haven't seen yet yeah I haven't seen that one yet either uh, and Carl Barrett wrote a very good piece on um Dead Space as well about bringing that back which you should also mm. Or go to outoflives.net to read. And stay tuned for the Out of Lives um, sub playlist on uh, on the YouTube of Lucy Cooking. <laughs> what? <laughs> why, why a new you... series. A new series. Sorry. Lucy Cooks. Well, if we're going to have cooking, it has to be the, the female that we have. Our token female, right? I, Obviously. I only know to cook meth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's finish there. You can have that thought with you until next week. Goodbye. Bye. Ciao. And by that I mean that's the name of the Lucy Cooks channel. It's called Ciao. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh dear. Also, come on, Ben. LFO, Summer Girls? Guess what? Guess what this episode's ending with? It's not much of a blooper. It's going to be 20 seconds of that shitty LFO song. Yeah. I like it when the girls stop by in the summer. Do you remember? Remember when we met that summer? Two kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. And I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer. For the summer. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fish. I'd say good if I had one wish.